Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to Indie Incursion, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week, we are bringing you three awesome indie games news stories, not including all the amazing ones over in our news cram segment. But before we get into any of that, I need to introduce myself. I am Vaughn Hyde, one of your co-hosts, kind of, uh, alongside my illustrious actual co-host the biggest of average josh bullies how you doing today oh man i like how you're getting better and better with the intro man it's really, really now that i changed it to be less wordy i know it's really coming together <laughs> really really sounding like we uh, know what we're doing here well that's good i mean 41 episodes in you'd think we'd know but yeah. it's still it's still on the what do they call that i was gonna say on the reins but that's not on the ropes that's what uh, i was gonna say okay nope we're on the mm. up and up Reins are also ropes, I would like to say. So either way, that should make sense. Hmm. Well, it doesn't matter anyway. So here we go. That's a good point. What have you been playing this week, Big Josh Boy? Jumping right into it. Uh, I've been playing a couple of things. The first one, from an indie perspective, uh, is 60 Seconds Reatomized. Uh, it's actually a pretty interesting game. I never played it. Uh, it's a remake of a game called 60 Seconds. Um, but essentially what happens is you are simulating a family back in the day of kind of like the Cold War era where they have the whole, oh, they're going to drop nukes and everything's going to be terrible and we need to get in the fallout shelters and blah, blah, blah. So it, it, it simulates that you're a normal American family back in those times and essentially a alarm goes off and says, hey, in 60 seconds a bomb is dropping. So you play as this family dad who runs through, grabs a bunch of uh, either supplies or things that might help you. You have to grab your actual family members and you have to throw them down into the bunker because apparently their legs don't work because your family is retarded. Um, (laughs) It's just the way it works. So for some reason, everyone's standing around. You have to grab them, you have to throw them into the bunker, and then you have all those items. Hip, hip, hooray. You're in there. And now where it really gets interesting is you have obviously that 60 seconds and you're bumping into things because the game is made to be intentionally clunky. So you're generally not going to get everything that you need. So you go down there and then it's more of a kind of text-based game. There's a little bit of visuals because what's happening in the world uh, at that time based on the text, your characters will kind of change. Like if they get sick, their character will start looking sickly and things like that. Um, But for the most part, it is text-based, but it's random events, and it goes in catalogs of just each day-by-day basis. So it'll go, like, day one, you found a good amount of stuff in the the bunker, like, 
blah, 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 here, like, you're going to start it up. And then the next day goes. And then it's, oh, there was a knock at the door. Do you want to answer it? And then based on answering the door, you might get a negative effect where someone's there to steal something from you or someone who comes there and might trade or give something to you. There's certain situations where you'll have your family members go out of the bunker to kind of search for things up on the top area. Um, and then you also have to manage their stress levels, their... Um, hunger and thirst situation and it's essentially this game of a bunch of rng but also using the items that you have to try and make it as long as you can until certain effects so some of it might be that you find enough parts to build up a car that will take you out of the town and you can get away or um, you might be able to wait until the army actually comes and rescues you. So there's a, a number of different possibilities and it's always random what's going to happen. Um, I didn't like as much the part of going through the 60 seconds and grabbing things because it is kind of clunky, like I said, and I wasn't like that into that aspect, but I really liked the survival aspect of you have those items and you're playing and going through and basically trying to use that RNG to your favor and use what objects you have to the best of your ability to survive throughout that um, however long amount of time period that you have. The cool thing is... Did these bombs actually drop? So, yeah. So, the basically what happens is you had those 60 seconds and then you get into the shelter and it blows up. And so, what happens is there's a number of different things in the world now that are either going to attack you or you know you might have people who are on your side now but there are things like your one of your uh, family members can mutate like things like that so <laughs> it's like one of the how long does this take place after this bomb drops it's so it's like right it's like initially after it's like the bomb drops and then you're like okay well let's live out the the fallout basically so you go day by day right after the drop that's weird yeah so like it's really strange but i i really enjoyed it though because it's like you have to deal with what you have and you just grab those items and you know you get what you get i really liked how there's different modes where there's a mode where you can literally just play the part where you grab the items which i thought was weird because i don't particularly think that part is fun but there's also <laughs> another option where you could just play the game at the survival point and it will just based on the difficulty you choose give you a random assortment of family members or items that will either make it harder or you know uh easier to survive that um that time period so i i had a lot of fun with it it was a weird game like i said it's a text-based game for the most part there is images to it and they kind of move around a little bit but it's not uh really much of like a mechanical situation if you're not doing the clunky run around and grab things part at all um but it was fun it was interesting and i definitely enjoyed trying to keep my family alive during that time it was also cool because they they do have little like challenges as well so they have modes where it's like uh which i don't even know if there was a dog because i didn't see him otherwise but there was one challenge where you literally have this dog and you're just one family member and it's only you two and you have to survive 50 days with this dog um and meanwhile there's certain events that are triggered specifically to uh, match that challenge and you have to just see if you can survive the 50 days and there's a number of different challenges out there for you if you you know don't want to go through just the normal survival mode uh could you pet the dog though that's the real question 
No. Did you even try? You, I, I, I wasn't able to. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, the dog was on the like the opposite side of the room. I couldn't pet him. But then I mean, again, it seems like there needs to be some patches or something. Not only for the dog petting, but for the fact that radiation sickness sets in. So just building a car and driving away doesn't really help. And mutation doesn't happen immediately. <laughs> well, it doesn't. No, it wasn't. It's not that it happens immediately. It's like if you go out into the, the wilderness, you'll like start getting sick. So you basically have your people go up to the, the front of you know wherever that town is and kind of like roam around for things so you're looking like scavenging for parts or for people who can help you and usually you know more than not they'll come back and they'll be sick or they'll have something that's wrong with them um but like it it was interesting because you could have them get like sick you could have them start to go like mental um because that was one of the challenges with the dog and the lady is I just kept my character just kept going insane and she was <laughs> like uh basically just having a whole ton of mental issues I had no idea how to deal with it because there's really not anything you can take but I'm also like I said fairly new into the game I don't know all the nuances so there's probably something more to it and there might have been an event where I could have pet the dog because there was a number of things I know there was one where you could pet a cat and I chose not to because it was probably gonna claw my face but um you know turns out it's a mutated cat and he just fucking murders you he bites your throat out it actually is like a were panther and just becomes like a fucking panther and eats you maybe i don't know yeah because it was interesting because like the the cat story happened to me twice where it's this random guy who has a bag and he trades you something but doesn't tell you what's in the bag and it turns out to be this cat but i don't know like why the cat is important because it doesn't really do anything but then there was part of the story where I was playing, and in, in my uh, run, there were, like, these secret government people who were, like, spying on the cat. And we were like, what? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was really strange. But I, I ended up losing that run, and I didn't get to find out more about the story. So I don't know what the secret of that cat is. This game seems fucking weird. It's really <laughs> strange. But I, I, had a, I had a lot of fun with it. And it's a good, like, if you're, you know, just kind of hanging around and want to kill some time it's good to just jump in there do the survival mode and you can close it up and it'll save where you were and you can just start back up so it's not like it's a you know it's a it's an easy game to go in play a couple of rounds of basically the days and then jump out if you need to yeah the reason i brought up mutation is because it takes like years like generations to mutate like radiation sickness absolutely makes sense Mm -hmm. because radiation sickness can set in i mean that would be something that would happen immediately like over a matter of days but mutation takes a lot longer as far as i know unless it's like i would assume if it's a certain like amount of radiation you would develop mutations faster but i would assume i would also assume that you die first Mm, i mean i would most likely agree with you but also it's a video game so that's true it's not meant to be fucking (laughs) a life sim yeah and if it was there would still be a lot of like your whole family just lives off tomato soup all the time that's the only food source you have so i'm pretty sure Also, you said you find things in the bunker is this not your bunker 
Well, how do you not know what's inside? Sometimes, like, there's some events where you literally have like a, a flashlight as one of your objects, and it's like, uh, hey, there's something. Like one of the events is there's something making some noise in a corner. There's something that that's gone like missing or rattling, or there's wires that are sticking out, and you basically go through them and you find things that are there that were either hidden or something that in the story you say, oh, you left down here, but you forgot about. So things like that. That's kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it this is kind of weird. This game seems interesting. What is it called? It's called 60 Seconds Reatomized. Oh, that's excessive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, because it was the original game was 60 Seconds, so that's just their way of saying like remastered, but reatomized, because I guess Atom Bomb. So. Ooh, this looks interesting. It's got like the, that weird cartoony, like, uh, oh, wow. The section where you like pick up shit looks super clunky, right? Yeah, yeah, it looks weird. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it not, does not look good. It's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not my favorite part of the game, but that's why I'm. I was really excited when I started playing that I found there's a survival mode, which is literally just skip that and let the game give you random items, and I'm fine with that. Ooh, props to them for putting uh, gingers in their games. You you know I gotta rep them ginger kids. Yeah. I'm I'm a ginger, by the way. Just thought I'd let everybody know. <laughs> good just old, make sure everybody understands why. Good old little Timmy. I mean, maybe you just like gingers. It could be your thing. You don't, I do. You don't have to be I a ginger like to gingers. like gingers. That's, I mean, yeah, you're 100% correct. See? There's a lot of cats in this game. Where the fuck are these dogs? That's what I'm telling you. There's like you. a thousand screenshots here, like 1,200 cats, no dogs. I mean, there's one dog. At least oh, there's a dead guy. There's a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of creepy when when like your uh, characters die. <laughs> if they die in the bunker, it just leaves their skeleton in there. And I was like thinking about it. I was like, man, that's kind of gross that they just let the corpse kind of like rot inside the bunker with them. Yeah, they'll go out to for this futile effort of fucking building a car from scratch, but they won't take a body outside. Nah. <laughs> yep. We'll just they just couldn't let go of mom. You know, she's. They loved her so much, they just wanted to uh, watch her die with them. Yeah, and Dad needed an outlet other than his palm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Gross. Necrophilia. Haha, <laughs> everybody likes those jokes. What else have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> Smooth transition. Uh, the other game that I've been playing, which hasn't been an indie game, but so what, is uh, the new, what is it called? Uh, Wolfenstein, the Youngblood game, uh, where it's basically a co-op game. Yeah, you play as uh, the twins, BJ Blazkowicz's daughters. Exactly. So you play as the two twins. Um, and honestly, so there, there's been a lot of back and forth that I've seen of some people not really liking this and some people being like, no, this is actually good. I'm more on the side of this being a good game. I've played about only two hours, though, so far, but I am having a good time. I really like the co-op aspect to it. Um, it's interesting because you share lives, so if you have a friend that sucks, you have to really care about being a team because basically when you die you bleed out so you have to kind of like in borderlands where you'll drop to the ground and you'll have to have someone pick you up so if you let them bleed out you'll lose a shared life and so it it forces you to kind of pair up together and make sure that each each other is watching their backs um there's a number of different enemies in here and different elements where like there will be a commander unit who's in a lot of different areas and you have to 
search through the area even when there's like a big battlefield and find the commander because if they're on the field then there will be higher leveled minions and then when you kill them it'll go back down to like the normal level of uh enemies that are spawning you have to pay attention to the different armor types that each of those enemies have because some of them who have armor like these heavy armor guys they basically have these large amount of armor uh, HP bars that you have to break, but you can't break them as fast unless you're using the right gun. So you have to pay attention and switch over to your SMG or to your shotgun and then use the right gun to break down their armor quick enough so you can then kill them like a normal enemy. So I like that there is a little bit of strategy there with that where you have to really pay attention to what you're using. Um, and then it also has some RPG elements where as you're playing the game you level up and get points based on all the things you're doing you get to put in different skills um the skill tree seems a little limited um but also i like i said i'm only a couple hours in i've only gotten to like i think level nine or so um and then you have your guns which you spend money that you find in the game to upgrade those and buy different uh loadouts for them that will basically change it to play more into your style um but it, it's really good. I'm, I'm having, like I said, a lot of a lot of fun with it from the first part of it, at least those first two hours. I will agree with some of the comments that I've seen that it, like the script and dialogue to it is a little cringy. <laughs> like the the girls definitely are not my favorite characters. I could have gone for them being someone else, to be honest. Um, but it makes sense because they're teenage girls, uh, so it like fits the part. But it's just weird. But uh, like I said, I'm having fun with it. And it was really cool because I didn't even buy this game. Uh, one of the things that Bethesda is doing for this is when you buy the game, you can choose to essentially buy a $30 game and you'll get the game, whatever, you know, normal rules for a game. Um, but then you can also pay an extra $10 to a $40 game and you'll get the game yourself and a buddy pass. And the cool thing about that is your buddy pass, you basically can give out and invite one person, uh, whoever you want, it's not limited to that one person. They just download a trial version that will only run if they're given an invite. So my buddy who bought it and ended up saying, hey, do you wanna try and play with this with me? Can basically, if he wants to keep playing and doesn't, you know, I don't have time, he can just play with someone else and they can join him. So I think it's really cool. It's really good in that way because it's a co-op game and it's meant to be, you know, played with two people. If you're not, you're playing with an AI and apparently they suck. Um, but, you know, it's an AI. What do you expect? But yeah, yeah that's that's a good point. Had, did you play the other Wolfenstein games, the, the New Order, Old Blood or New Colossus? Uh, no, I actually didn't. I've played, like, older Wolfensteins. That's where I'm familiar with them. But I haven't really played, like, the newer ones. And by older, I mean, like, the old, like, 2D, 3D-ish, like, 2.5D kind of games. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I was going to ask you how the story compares. How do, you, how do you think the story is just going so far since you don't have a frame of reference? I think it's interesting. It's a little... <sighs> It's a little weird. So it's basically you start off and you're that family and then all of a sudden your dad is missing. And you apparently like the two sister the two sisters have this one friend whose mother is part of the FBI and she comes flying in with her helicopter and like the the girls overhear the conversation and then they they're like we got to save him. No one's going to help him. blah blah blah. So they just take they just steal this FBI helicopter and fly all the way to Paris. 
<laughs> and like uh, basically find someone because they found a secret room in their attic that had like something about a random person in Paris and they're like this person could help us so it's a little like a bit of a stretch um, but I really don't know where it's gonna go at this point I think that the person who the lady that we're talking to is definitely gonna double cross us but um, I don't know we'll have to see it uh, so far I'm not like I'm not into the story at this point. It's just kind of there. Um, I'm more just enjoying it for the co-op aspect of just playing with a buddy, and I enjoy the actual combat system right now. At the risk of spoiling the new Colossus for some people, so if you guys are listening and you don't want to hear anything about the new Colossus, uh, just skip like 10 seconds, 20 seconds, maybe a minute ahead because i'm going to talk about this uh bj terribilly blaskowitz is a nazi mass murderer and a fucking half robot man he's a cyborg what are they gonna do to help him i don't (laughs) what i understand that they're wearing like robot suits essentially which is really cool uh they introduced that at the end of wolfenstein the new order and then bring it up in the new colossus and that's pretty much a main reason that bj can still move around and everything Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's just weird to me that they're like dad's missing we gotta go find him and it's like your dad is probably the only person on earth that has absolutely nothing to fear from the nazis yeah that's like (laughs) he's murdered so fucking many of them (laughs) it's kind of funny because that's essentially where the story went because the person the the lady from the fbi who was like telling the dj blaskowitz wife is saying oh you know, he's gone missing and she's like, you got to do something, blah, blah, blah. And they basically said, if he's gone missing and no, like, and no one can find him, like no one's going to be able to find him. Like if he's gone missing, he doesn't want people to find him. No one can find him. And so the daughters are like, no, we got to help him. We can find him. And then they go off on this hunt. Yeah, I would absolutely recommend playing the Wolfenstein games. They're so much fun. And I love bj blaskowitz he's so freaking cool he's such an awesome character um and like when it when it kind of sheds light on his backstory in the new colossus it adds an added like layer it it really it adds depth to his character because you you finally get to see how he became who he is and why he hates the nazis so much let alone the fact that you know that they're just assholes and they're fucking nazis but it's they're fantastic games i actually have a gi joe B, bj terribly baskowitz but that was because <laughs> if you bought the wolfenstein new colossus uh collector's edition you got a gi joe hmm it's kind of cool yeah it's pretty freaking dope i have it on my shelf uh for me what i've been playing this week i i haven't delved too much into the indie space this week i've played a little bit of a few things just trying to find something that's gonna hook me that i'm gonna play for a while i think i'm gonna hop back to wonder song eventually because i really want to beat it never beat Um, that really no i still haven't beat it we've had this conversation like three times i know and i'm always surprised you haven't beat it yet yeah i really want to beat it especially because songbird symphony just came out not too long ago on the nintendo switch and it's very similar to wonder song and i really want to try it out too Hmm. it's got this really beautiful pixel art that i'm excited to check out but i'm like i can't do another like song based game before i complete wonder song so i need to beat that first and then i'm gonna go back or i'm gonna go forward and uh buy buy songbird symphony but 
I played a little bit. Oh, I played a decent amount of Dragon's Dogma on the Switch. Hmm. That is actually it's it's pretty decent. I was asking around uh, for like opinions on whether or not it was good or not on the Switch handheld because mm-hmm. I didn't know if I wanted to buy it. Right. Um, it ended up being pretty decent. The only issues that I have is sometimes it's hard to see. Uh, it's a little dark and the Switch screen is not that great. So. On occasion, it's hard to see, and if you're playing a ranged character, like a ranger, an archer, an assassin, a magic archer, um, it's hard to aim mm. using it in handheld because of the way you have to hold it. Um, it's just, it's kind of uncomfortable, and I was like, oh, why don't I just get a pro controller and play it, like, handheld, but not, and I'm like, why wouldn't I just dock it? Like, okay, I guess I could still watch TV, like, with it like this if I had a pro controller. It's kind of <laughs> annoying, but it's... It's a lot of fun. Other than that, I've played some Kingdom Come Deliverance just a little bit. I've had that one for a little while, and I decided to hop into it because one of my best friends is playing a little bit of it. And, man, that game is a pain in my fucking ass, dude. (laughs) Why? It's like it... It's kind of the exact same reason that I had an issue with Red Dead Redemption 2. It is very strict with realism. It's, it's, It's got strict realism, Except for when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And that really bothers me. Because <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I have to eat all the time. I get that. Um, I can easily get my ass whipped by, like, a veteran person. There's only normal mode. Like, uh, there's not going to be tutorials to tell me everything about the game. Like, okay, cool, that's that's fine. But I cannot pick up an axe. There are times when it's like, it's basically just... That just doesn't exist. That It's not there. There's an axe in a log. Can't pick it up. It's impossible. You can't even equip it. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> Why can't I bury this fucking axe in that douchebag skull? I don't understand. So... There's just kind of some annoying stuff. Uh, plus, from what I understand, I talked to my friend about it. Henry's hair does not grow. And one, he looks like a goober. So I'm like, <laughs> please, just grow out like a beard or something. Just let me grow your hair out. And two, this pat this is like a long stretch of time. Your hair would grow. Nah. What? But whatever yeah it's it's kind of a pain but it's a lot of fun um it took me forever to figure out how to draw my sword which is kind of ridiculous took me forever to figure out how to run which these are things that i eventually figured out because i found the like controls section of the settings Mm -hmm. but going through tutorials there was nothing that said anything about this stuff so i was like son of a bitch dude this is so annoying it's a lot Hmm. of fun though i definitely recommend it um and you never have a tutorial of getting your sword out what was there never any battle no you there's there's a sword lesson but your sword is already drawn you don't have to draw it Uh... so i did not know how and i'm like i went to go fight these guys and i was like i'm just punching you like you've got axes swords bows i'm just punching you because i don't know how to draw my sword and then i eventually figured out you click left on the d-pad i was like ah so okay cool i still suck but that's cool. I'm so glad I can draw my sword now. It's a lot of fun. If you get easily aggravated, though, I would not recommend it. Mm, might not be for me. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of annoying stuff in there. But speaking of annoying stuff, it's time to hop into the meat and potatoes of these episodes. Now that we're all done talking about what we played, uh, our first article is over on Polygon. It is written by Charlie Hall, and it is Epic Game Store rolling out cloud saves for select 
titles. Uh, one of the biggest criticisms of the Epic Game Store is its lack of cloud save feature. Today on Twitter, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney said the cloud saving is being rolled out for a couple of new games uh, and that a wider implementation of the feature is on its way. Cloud saves are a relatively new quality of life feature in gaming. They allow players to upload their in-game progress to remote servers and then access those files at will. Um, it's useful for switching from one device to another uh, whether you have multiple gaming machines or suffer a breakdown. Valve ha- Okay, I I don't need to know that Valve put that in a long time ago. Uh, The Epic Game Store launched without cloud saves, and that's been a deal breaker for some consumers. Today, an eager-eyed fan... Eagle-eyed fan, not eager... Today, an eagle-eyed fan found the option to turn cloud saving on uh, for Moonlighter, an isometric game, which is currently free. Um, It is also available in a handful of other titles. We have a bit more work to do before rolling it out more widely, Sweeney added in a tweet. Uh, So, you... You are one of the people that is not a big fan of the Epic Game Store, mostly because of the features that it's it lacks con- compared to Steam. So how do you feel that they're bringing on cloud saves, even with just a couple games? I mean, obviously they're going to roll it out more widely, like he said, but mm. is it kind of like, would you maybe migrate just to play these couple games? Or I, mean, I doubt you would, because that's just stupid. <laughs> but I mean, no. <laughs> Honestly, well, you know, what's interesting, though, is I probably will play Moonlighter on the Epic Game Store because they gave it for free, I think, this month. Uh, and I picked it up because I've been eyeing Moonlighter, and I keep going, like, I should maybe get that one day. And now I technically just have it. So I think it's cool that now I'll have it for this game specifically, um, but this is still like, this is to my point that I've made a bunch of times is I just, I cannot justify jumping to the Epic Game Store when they're lacking some of the most basic, well, I won't, let's not say most basic, but some of the most common features that you'll find from Steam that, you know, everyone just kind of takes for granted at this point where, you know, cloud saves are more of like a, if you don't have it, kind of what's wrong? Like, you should definitely have it. Everyone should have it. Nintendo just got railed about this for so long, and they finally put it in. Like, this is something that a lot of people definitely want, especially from a PC community, because with PCs, it's much much more often that people are, you know, either deleting games or changing up hardware, and they'll want things to be backed up. They know that a computer can, at any point, point malfunction or for any reason a file could come corrupt and with that like i don't want to be limited to playing through moonlighter and then either want to refresh or want to go to some other area or some different computer that i might have i want to be able to just pick it up and be able to play again um i think it's great though that they're you know headed in the right direction it's not to say that like I'll rule out the Epic Store later when it gets these features. There's nothing I have really against it in that kind of way of like a, like I'm not like a Steam fanboy. I definitely enjoy Steam just because it's what I know and have. Um, But this is a step in the right direction for them. It's just, you know, how long is this really going to take? What does it mean by we have a bit more work to do? I also want to know uh, why exactly they aren't just telling you what games they're in. And they didn't even actually say that it was in Moonlighter. Somebody realized it mm-hmm. and then called it out on Twitter. So I'm wondering, one, why they won't just say, hey, these are the games that currently have 
like that have cloud saves and two uh well, well yeah that's I mean, that's basically it is just wondering <laughs> what games it is and yeah. i mean the, like why they didn't say anything about the it. most obvious is because if no one's talking about it wouldn't you just assume they had cloud saves I mean, not really, considering everybody whined about it. I mean, like when? that's that's kind of the big thing for the Epic Game Store is people are constantly whining about its features. I I shouldn't say whining because that's actually has a very negative connotation. Well, people when talking about Steam and Epic, they they consistently talk about the features that it's missing and <clears throat> cloud saves, like you said, is one of them. Right. So you'd think that it would behoove Epic. It would be a good thing for them to immediately come out and say, "Hey, we're testing cloud saves right now." Hmm. I mean, kind of a thing. Like, I think it would be a good thing for them. I don't know because I think, I think you're looking at it from a perspective of someone who's already, you know, uh, more. How do I want to phrase this? Someone who is more concerned with the industry than the normal consumer. So, someone who doesn't really read a lot of articles, someone who's not really listening to a lot of news out there, just wants to play games, just sees that, hey, this Epic Store, which, you know, was the the main people who have Fortnite, um, they now have all these random free games, they have these other games on their shop, they probably don't know these kind of things, and if they're, you know, on the Epic Store actual UI they're announcing this fact that hey we don't have these it's a negative effect even though they're trying to be you know transparent and trying to help out like there is some connotation that people can say hey which is exactly the way this is kind of happening epic game stores rolling out these cloud saves they didn't even have it this is why you know steam is better blah 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 blah, blah. it just goes into like what side are they trying to they most likely don't want to do this until it's a big you know frame thing where they can just announce in one big fail swoop hey we've got cloud saves it's all good we're more like steam now we're you know going to be the better uh platform for you and this is why things like that so it it just looks a little bit better so i can see why they might take that approach but granted there is the same concept of well they could go the transparent route and maybe people will respect them more for that but i think they're trying to look at more of the not as in the know consumer um but that might just be my way of looking at it i guess yeah i mean i i honestly don't think that people who aren't in the know even know what a cloud save is so when i work for gamestop uh i would have people constantly having issues with playstation 4s or they'd buy a new playstation 4 um and i would have to walk them through exactly what a cloud save is and how to actually bring your saves from your console over to a new one so i don't think people actually know that one they exist or two how to use them i honestly i have never used a cloud save my stuff automatically uploads to the cloud because i set that on that way i set it that way on my playstation 4 but i've never used it and i've never cared about it Mm -hmm. so i i don't think that the average consumer even cares about it or even knows about it if you were to say hey we're testing this out in a couple games I don't think it would affect it at all. If uh, That's what I mean is I think that it would only do good things for them. I don't think that normal people seeing that they didn't have it would be a big deal because I don't think that those people know anything about it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you might be right. I just, from my standpoint, I guess that's my reasoning as to why they would not do it. But yeah, I mean, maybe they just didn't, maybe, you know, they didn't even think about it they were just like we're testing this out and we'll make an announcement when we know 
you know, things are ready. Because this very likely could have been that, you know, they're still kind of betaing it and they didn't really mean to release it full, like, you know, store wide. Um, but they're putting it out there just to kind of see and have some people test it out. But then someone, like they said, this eager eyed fan, as you said, mm-hmm. uh, just seemed to poke around and found it. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess it is also very possible that, like you said, they're beta testing it. So it's it's possible that they don't want to let people know that it exists just in case it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not 100% sure. Um, but speaking of existing, our next news article is over on Game Informer. It is written by Imram Khan, and it is Cat Lady, an adorable indie dungeon crawler announced by Viz Media. Today, manga publisher company pu- manga publishing company Viz Media revealed Cat Lady, a side-scrolling dungeon crawler in Volve side-scrolling. Dude, I'm having some stroke issues today. It's a good day. Uh, side-scrolling dungeon crawler involving, well, being a lady with cats. The game is minimalist on colors, but not not minimalist on art. <laughs> <laughs> It definitely has a fun style that is pleasant to look at. Um, you can take a look at the trailer. The game stars a girl named Allie Mary who has to work her through. So I think there's, I think he's meant to saying work he her has way. to work her way yeah, through. Way yeah, through. definitely a typo. Has to work her way through with different cats of various skills to save her grandmother from the dangerous dungeons. It came about as part of an initiative from Viz Media to work with developers to make games with indie and manga art styles into the in or uh, art styles in the indie space. The first game in this plan was The World Next Door, released earlier this year, uh, with Cat Lady being the second. There have been no platforms announced beyond pc uh yeah but then they said they there might be more coming mm-hmm. at gamescom and packs so this is a pretty i mean it's a pretty interesting deal because that means that i uh, game developers indie game developers now have an additional outlet to go to for funding especially if they have like in a like an anime aesthetic which I'm going to honestly say that I don't think Cat Lady really has an yeah, anime that's or, what I, like, I was gonna say. manga aesthetic, but I don't give a shit, dude. They got money. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I would. Swords of Ditto has more of a anime aesthetic than Cat Lady <laughs> does, but I'm not judging. Uh, we actually talked about The World Next Door not too long ago um, in uh, on the podcast. It looks really interesting, um, but I'm glad that this is a new avenue for funding, and this is why... I am a, I, I will continue to defend the fact that if like the the developer is independent then their game is independent because it's hard to get funding for something so them partnering with like Viz Media or Microsoft or Sony or like any of these companies does not make them not it, it doesn't make them kind of like sellouts or anything like that it just means that they got the money to achieve their goals I, yeah, this is where it comes down to the whole, like, my issue with not having an actual definition of indie games. So mm-hmm. that's just me whining about it yeah. again. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's never going to change, so get used to it. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree with you, though. I don't think this is anime really at all. I mean, this seems more like cutesy Game Boy-esque art style. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. But, I mean, regardless, I think this looks super cute and super fun actually i i i saw it uh, originally because i think you on twitter 
uh, were basically posting a comment. Yeah, or I was talking about how I'm shitty at roguelikes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh man, maybe this is something I can excel at. You know, just to you know put you down. But um, I I really think it's it's actually kind of cool. I like the different fact that you pick up like all these random cats and i guess have different abilities based on it is what it seems like based on this nelly the kissy cat or something it looks <laughs> looks like this is gonna be really weird shoots multiple damaging lovums with every big smooch like this is gonna be an almost obnoxiously cute game <laughs> and probably probably a little like over the top but that's you know that's not a bad thing um it'll just be different i guess uh i hope this uh, actually comes to other platforms specifically the switch i feel like this will be a good game for the switch honestly i'd be surprised if any like if the really any indie game comes out and doesn't come to the switch unless nintendo specifically will not allow them on the platform mm. i think that every indie game is going to come to switch because they know that's where the money is yeah. like these switches are indie machines i mean that's kind of what true. they're I mean, I think it's especially true because of, and this is going to sound mean, Uh but I'm just going to say because of the sparse Nintendo exclusives. So they Mm. have like, they have Pokemon coming up, they have Fire Emblem. So it's, it's ramping up a little bit now, but before that there was kind of like a dead zone. I mean, where just nothing really came out other than like smash. Yeah. I mean, the weird thing though, like this is kind of a tangent, but the weird thing though, is that's kind of how Nintendo has always been. Like people don't think about it because usually they see it with kind of a, uh, you know, 2020, not 2020, because that would be the other way, but basically, um, they look at it in a different way from uh, nostalgia glasses. Sorry, excuse me. I don't know why I was having such a hard Rose time. Tinted Rose tinted glasses. Rose tinted glasses. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> basically, they look at it where they say, "Oh, the N sixty four was an amazing console. It had you know all these different games. It had Super Mario sixty four. It had a lot, it had you know the Zelda games. It had whatever." But at the same time, like if you really think about it, they came in the same kind of weird cadence where there was like you know there were big gaps. Um, that's kind of how Nintendo has always been because it's just so heavy on the fact that you buy a Nintendo console for those few and awesome Nintendo games. And then it's always been like, well, the third parties kind of get there and, you know, you might have fun with it, but it's just blown up so much because now we're in this digital age where everyone's throwing them into that new Nintendo world and it's a lot easier to get them onto those different systems. But I feel like Nintendo's always kind of had that relationship where their platforms are really you know they're obviously based on their specific flagship but they really don't have like a ton of their flagship yeah i'm i'm honestly totally fine with indies coming to the nintendo switch i think it's amazing still waiting for crosscode i'm having a real itch where i want to play an isekai game and there aren't many and i want to play crosscode so it's gonna be a good one uh you're gonna you're gonna have a hard time though it's a pretty tough game i'm okay with that it's just what i want to play and i don't want to play it on pc (laughs) i mean all right (laughs) speaking of not playing games anymore and that's a bad transition that is a bad well i mean it's a good transition (laughs) but it it's It's a bad not yeah yeah it's a good bad Our next news story is over on Nintendo Life. It is written by Darren Calvert, maybe, uh, and it is Hand of Fate Studio Defiant Development throws in the towel. Um, Austrian Studio Defiant Development. 
okay, so they actually called Defiant Development. That kind of threw me off for some reason. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're so because when I originally read it, I was like, what is this? <laughs> okay. We're good. Uh, Austrian studio Defined Development hasn't exactly been... Okay, I'm just going to go right to this because this just kind of talks shit and it doesn't actually have like much news written. They're closing their doors, which really, really sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, it It is with sadness that we announced Defiant is ceasing development. See, this is why it threw me off. Is it actually Defiant Development? Because they just say Defiant is ceasing development. It sounds like a game. No, the publisher is like- Defiant Development. Yeah, I got it. It's just weird. Yeah. It's it's odd. Um, this really sucks for them. They're they're closing their doors. That I, I'm sad about it. I haven't played Hand of Fate or Hand of Fate Two. Um, mm. But it's always sad when studios go out of business. Yeah, honestly, I've played um, Hand of Fate One. I just saw someone playing Hand of Fate Two just a little bit, but I never actually got it myself. Honestly, the games are pretty interesting. I really like the way they worked um don't talk about the fact that there's cards in it i don't want to hear it from you vaughn i'm definitely not going to (laughs) or the fact that it's a card game with uh like action rpg (laughs) elements so it definitely fits your your style there but i didn't say anything yeah yeah, yeah. i'm sure you were thinking it i know it. i heard it anyway the point (laughs) is it was actually they were pretty good games uh i can't speak as much for hand of fate 2 but i know that a lot of it was them expanding on many of the topics and it kind of makes me sad that i didn't get it because it's one of those things where like you know if maybe more people would have gotten it they wouldn't have had to leave um and cease being uh, a company but that's kind of the way it works sometimes, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Uh, it really does suck, though, because it would have been interesting to see what their next game would have been since they were taking kind of a step away from the Hand of Fate series and into something new. Um, I really like the press release that they gave, to be honest, though, of them being, you know, more about their family and trying to push, like, hey, if anyone has jobs for them, please, you know, reach out to their, uh, basically their talented team. Um, I wonder how the actual, the actual let go went in person for those people and what the discussion was like. I'd love to see someone reach out to, you know, some of these developers and see kind of what their take was on this. Um, because obviously it's one thing to have this amazing press release and then it's another to then see people complaining about it later. I don't think that's going to be the case, but you know, it's always interesting to see the different sides of where everyone's head was at, especially in tough times like this. Um, yeah. And you also want to know if it's a telltale thing where they're just like, Hey, out of the blue, guess what? We're shutting down. Yeah. You guys get the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And based on the, the, you know, the press release, I don't think so but obviously like i said again it could be one thing versus you know a whole different world rather than just this you know pr piece um but i i definitely am upset they're gonna be gone it's not a studio that i was heavily into but i did enjoy the hand of fate series and i think that you know what they would have created could have been something else good it's a shame is it just me that thinks that it it, uh, that it seems like 
they maybe just came into the card game genre a little bit too early considering that it's having like this massive resurgence right now people are really enjoying them and maybe that they released like hand of fate and hand of fate 2 too early Mm -hmm. like they they had just missed the window for when these games became really popular because it seems like everybody is talking about card games it might be the fact that i only talk to you really (laughs) but (laughs) everyone's crazy about them man listen to me i know what's happening in the world of games it really does seem like a lot of people are enjoying card games recently like everybody seemingly at ign is playing slay the spire rogue books coming out like kickstarters freaking every single kickstarter for a card game seemingly gets funded which is just outrageous so am i the only one out of the two of us which is a small pool of people that (laughs) thinks that they just uh released this like just a bit too early and also i definitely think that their their team is not at all gonna have a hard time finding jobs because one it seems like people like these games they are well like they're well sought after games people enjoy them um and two since there is such a big boom in card games it would make sense to hire people who have already worked on card games who know how the mechanics of a card game work and how to actually program that how to create that so i don't think these guys will have a hard time finding jobs at all well i think this is it's a bad story but with a good silver lining i guess i mean (laughs) being fired is never a good thing (laughs) but no being able to find a job i'm sure they will because there is a lot of interesting techniques in the game um the one thing about your response on like the card game aspect to it so hand of fate isn't the same as something like slay the spire um because there's a lot of it says it has Catan style gameplay it's well it has a very different aspect to it where it has a lot of very similar elements where you go through and you have kind of rng of where you pick these cards and you kind of walk through sort of a map because it's essentially like um a storytelling aspect to it of you find a certain card and based on that on the field will trigger different events um but they also had the way battles worked wasn't based on like the cards you used you would then be dumped into the game itself where it would be kind of like a 3d adventure like hack and slashy game where you would fight those enemies um and at the same time there were certain events and certain things that were triggered based on like just dice roll as well so there was a lot of interesting aspects at play in hand of fate so it wasn't just the same as like a like a slay the spire or you know yeah, the typical book. card like, game yeah a typical card game uh roguelike style game but it it definitely did have some interesting pieces to it i don't know i guess it just wasn't as I mean, it is kind of like I thought it was a lot more well received than I guess it was for the studio to basically have to turn away, uh, you know, close. I don't doors, know. They're very but... positive on Steam. They've got like thousands of reviews, and they're all very positive. Yeah. So I, I really like that's the kind of thing I I thought they were doing much better than I guess they were. So it'd be interesting to see. I'm sure in the coming weeks or months, you know, more information on what exactly happened. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I remember working for GameStop when the first like Hand of Fate was announced um, and people being really fucking stoked about it. And it was a little odd 
I was I was kind of surprised. And yeah, yeah, that's really all I have to say about it. It's it sucks that the studio's going out of business. I hope these guys find new jobs and I don't think at all they're going to have a hard time, really. So, um Josh, are you ready to get crammed with all sorts of amazing indie games news? No. Damn it. <laughs> Cram, 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 cram. Of course I'm ready. Come on now. I just had to make sure that you were open. You were ready to receive the cramming. Which, you know? I mean, all from all angles. Well, well that's good. I guess it's just going to be... No, nah, I was going to say a nookie cookie, but that's a, a different nookie thing. nookie cookie is um, not what is happening. <laughs> but all orifices are open and ready. <laughs> uh, our first news story is over on IGN. It is viral horror game Dark gets a release date. Is that correct? Is that Dark? D-A-R-Q? Yeah, Dark. Dark who? Dark you? Got it. Uh, now we're over on Polygon. Epic Game Store offers two free games this week, Moonlighter and This War of Mine. See? Just be prepared for me to hop over everywhere because I did not put them in order based uh, on where You fool. We talked again. about this. But yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was saying. Moonlighter for free. I got it. That's a great game. And it's I got fantastic cloud game. Saves. I even thought about buying it again on Switch so I play it more, but I didn't. Don't worry. I would be so mad at you if you did. Because I refused to buy it. I mean... A third time. You don't. You don't <laughs> need to. You could just get it a third time with the Epic Game Store. I don't want to play on a Switch. I don't want to play on a stupid ass PC. Mm. I want to play it there. It's fucking dumb, dude. You're such a fool. <laughs> such a fool. Uh, then we're over on Game Informer. Swearies, maybe Swurries. Swurry. Swerve. The Good Life. Yeah, just, let's just go with it. Uh, the Good Life delayed to spring 2020. Uh, now over on Game Informer, or staying on Game Informer, Iritas, Iritus, Lord of the Dead, uh, yeah. heads to PC early access. It looks pretty cool. Then, uh, I haven't actually checked it oh, out. Or it's I just it's very <laughs> similar style to like Darkest Dungeon, and people also <laughs> they compare it to Slay the Spire based on the the way you traverse through the actual dungeon itself but is there cards it no mm. but it, it's pretty cool it's essentially like the reverse like kind of the reverse of darkest dungeon where you play as this like evil overlord who essentially has minions and you're trying to escape this dungeon that you were trapped in years and years ago from heroes and so you're creating the side of the enemies that those heroes are fighting against and you have to kill the heroes with your different minions. That's kind of cool. So it's like the uh, the evil side of what Fable Legends was supposed to be in like the Overlord games where you were actually the villain with like your goblin army kind of a thing. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of that, that same like context. It's you being the evil person and being like, all right, let's get the hell out of this cave or whatever the hell you're in. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Nice. I'm not going to check it out, but that's cool, especially because <laughs> it's in early access and on PC. I mean, I'm uh, then we've got Home Sweet Home Episode 2 is coming to PC this year. That is on Game Informer. Then over to Nintendo Life, Gnaw and Claw to Victory in Animal Fight Club, a Pokemon slash uh, Palaniuk mashup. No idea. That sounds about yeah. right. Seems yeah, it seems like I got it. Uh, then we got Devolver Digital wants to know what game it should release next on Switch. Uh, is that like physically? <laughs> I mean, like obviously else? it's digitally. They're just saying what what game from PC would you want? Ah, it's dumb, dude. Because I want a physical release of God or Roboto with a toy. I mean, I that would be pretty real cool. bad. That'd be dope. Yeah, I'd buy like I mean, three I, of those. I definitely I'm a wouldn't crazy buy person. it, but it would still be pretty cool. 
You're a bitch. It's like eight dollars. I imagine it'd be twenty dollars. I don't want a stupid cat toy. It would be so cool. No, it. I would love it. I don't know. What else would they from Devolver Digital? I guess it would be something that's like older that you would want because most of the stuff does come to Nintendo Switch now, right? I don't know, like their old stuff. Yeah, I don't know. That is a good point. Yeah, most of it is already on Nintendo Switch, so I don't know what would... Uh, maybe Devolver Bootleg isn't on Switch, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get that over there. <laughs> shooty Boots. Yeah, I gotta play Shooty Boots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also on Nintendo Life, Bloodstained developers had to beat their own bosses without taking a single hit. Ah, they probably didn't do it on Switch. Hot, sick, burn. Oh, Fuck you guys. Damn. <laughs> Uh, surprise! Uh, survival horror remothered tormented Father's Day on Switch. Delayed. <laughs> Delayed on Switch. Okay, the, I don't know why I got yeah, day, the, but still, I don't. Wait, it's weird. Fathers tormented. The name is called Remothered Tormented Fathers. That's such a yes. strange name. <laughs> yeah, that is. It's. That's quite a mouthful. It's a little weird. Uh, then we got Infliction uh, brings nightmarish psychological horror to Switch this year. Super spooky. Uh, also on Nintendo Life, Koji Igarashi talks about the fan feedback and how it impacted Bloodstain's development. Forced um, them to push out the Switch release. Yeah, apparently. Uh, Vampire Slaying platformer Damsel sinks its teeth into the Switch next month. Uh, Lost Wing combines Wipeout and Thumper to bring beautiful shooter action to Switch. Also looks super uh, Vasara cool. Collections physical Switch releases... What? Switch release goes up for pre-order this week. Okay. Yeah, that's a thing. Sounds good. All right. Um, Trine 3, The Artifact of Power, hit Switch next week. Physical collection coming soon. Yeah, but it likes that physical stuff. I mean, yeah, you've got, a, you've got a lot of physical stuff coming out here in these news articles. What's with all the stuff? Come on, guys. Seems like Nobody it. Needs I'm okay that. with it. Oh, Everybody needs nobody it. Nobody needs it. <laughs> Start your own Power Rangers-inspired TV show with Chroma Squad, Chroma Squad on Switch. Um, limited run pre-orders for Time Spinner physical copies opens this Friday. So by the time this is up, you guys could probably go get those. Get it. I've heard the game is good, and everybody likes physical copies other than Big Josh Boy. Um, <laughs> I'm the one then, crazy oh. person. Yeah, you're outrageous. You don't want a freaking Gato Roboto toy? I, I, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. There's nothing else I can say. No. <laughs> uh, then over on Dual Shockers, we've got Morphe's Law relaunches as Morphe. What? Morphe's Law remor. Oh, I hate this so much. <laughs> relaunches as Morphe's Law remorphed with free Fortnite demo. Um, and then over on PlayStation Lifestyle, we've got Retro 2D platformer Aliglos. Maybe we'll get a physical release in September. Read more at, and then it's playstation lifestyle <laughs> yep sounds about right more physical playstation stuff. lifestyle is actually kind of interesting if you actually take the title if you try to copy and paste the title of their uh of their articles it actually takes a link with it oh yeah like not yeah it's it's really odd i actually enjoyed it a lot yeah there's a couple of sites that do that i can't remember there's one that i always used to copy from that that would do that to me God, i can't remember I mean, it's pretty cool. It's just some <laughs> script on the back end that forces it to do that. It's super annoying, though, when you're like, I just need this title, and <laughs> it comes every time. Yeah, it takes that with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's super annoying. Uh, so, Josh, 
We have been blessed with so many amazing indie game news stories today that I think it's about time we give back to the creators in our next segment. God bless the crowd. This is where the biggest of average Josh boys goes into all sorts of crowdfunding sites, finds some awesome indie games for us to talk about, and we do that. Definitely never shitting on them, and I'm definitely going to do that today. because <gasps> Don't you fucking talk bad about this dog. I'm going to talk so much shit no. about this fucking dog, dude. You because guess jerk. what? How yeah, no. What? No, just no. No, take it off the list. We're only talking about the other ones. This is me off. Okay, it's a 2.5D platformer called Dog Gone, a game about a lost dog. That one is over on Kickstarter. And then we've got Helvetti, which is a 2D uh, character action game lovingly made with hand-drawn art and animation based on Celtic and uh, ghoulish mythology, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm not 100% sad to say that. So the reason I want to talk about Dog Gone is because their goal is $100,000. They have 15 days left to go. They've got 138 backers. Uh, and currently, they only have $8,856. A big issue that I have with Doggone is, one, this game is not that like graphically intensive. It doesn't seem like it should cost $100,000 to make it. There are games that are so seemingly better. I'm... I, I don't know how to make video games. It's very possible that this 2D, 2.5D platformer uh, is is much more of a money sink than, you know, massive amounts of games that only need $20,000. The big thing that really annoys me is that they're asking $100,000 right now. They say in their video that this is just like the first round of funding. This is just to get the game off the ground. What? A hundred thousand fucking dollars? Well, uh, you know. Yeah, feel free to get around that big, Josh boy. How are you going to talk about this doggone game? Well, nice doggone light? it. You got me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I, I, it sucks, too, because I, like, I love dogs. I think it's cute. Your little doggy was running around doing puzzles and trying to find its way home. It's a. I mean, it's a cute concept, but why does it take a hundred thousand dollars to make this fucking game? Apparently, the art is fifty-one percent of it, so they need fifty thousand dollars and a little bit more to make this dog look super sexy. Apparently, I I don't really know why though, mm-hmm. because it just. I hate to say it, it does not look that good. Well, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't look that good, but after that, you know, fifty thousand dollars, it'll be looking great. He'll be looking like a whole new dog. That's a good point. Uh, so the tiers go, uh, we got $5 as your entry-level tier, which only gets you the backer updates and digital desktop wallpaper. And then we got 15 bucks, which actually gets you the game. Uh, they are doing this as an episodic release mm. uh, so that people can play it as it comes out, which is kind of a weird thing to ask for considering you want $100,000, but... No big deal, whatever. Uh, something I find especially weird is they had an early bird like tier, which normally is cheaper. This one gives you a couple of additional things, but it's $29 instead of the 15 It gives you the backer updates, digital desktop wallpaper, the game itself, a soundtrack, and you get your name in the credits and an in-game day one supporter outfit. So those are some interesting stuff, but almost doubling the money... And that's the early bird? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Why? Okay, one. Why don't you get it. your name in the credits from 5 to 15? Because. That's kind of bullshit. You're not a day one backer, so who gives? Who cares about you? 
Apparently, you have to spend $25 just to get your name in the credits. I mean, but also, who cares? I don't <laughs> I just want the game. Yeah, who cares about this game? Because it's $100,000 fucking dollars. This dog is going to look so good after it has that money, and you're going to give him that money because he needs it. Holy shit. Somebody pledged $5,000 to this game. Damn. Oh, my God. I like how it's get called them. Doggone Crazy. Yeah, it is. It's doggone insane. Uh, they get backer updates, digital desktop wallpaper, five copies of the game, the soundtrack, art book, name in the credits, backer exclusive dog outfits, access to test builds throughout oh. development, and your pet in the game as an unlockable playable character. Oh, I feel like that is absolutely not worth $5,000. Do you think they... That person is insane. I hope they... They should no longer be able to control their finances. I hope they stir things up and make it a cat. That would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, I don't have a dog. Put my cat in it. <laughs> it's like a toad. Yeah. They're like, okay, what? Like, <laughs> Where did that even come from? It's like a Komodo dragon, just some sort of reptile. They're like, it doesn't even have fur. Nobody's going to like this. You leave a Komodo dragon in the woods, it just kills people. Yeah. I mean, it might be better. Yeah, it would upset the ecosystem. It would actually become a full, like, new game. It would be really interesting. I would actually enjoy to see what would happen see? in this game. That's why they need $100,000. They're trying to uh, account for all these different games they have to make based on the characters that uh, the $5,000 tier backers give them. If they actually said that that's what they were doing, I would shoot my pants. That'd be fucking cool. I'd be totally into that. They're just like, yeah, you fucking choose a Komodo dragon, you fuck shit up. The world gets destroyed because you're a Komodo dragon. <laughs> Well, That's awesome, but instead you're a fucking dog. Hey man, you watch you watch your tongue. Get out of See, here. I don't, I'm not I don't have an issue with dogs. I just have an issue with a hundred thousand dollars. That is just it's it's a really lofty goal, and I also think it's a little bit weird that the developers say several times, um, or at least the the one that's in the video says several times that they are experienced independent game devs, but never say what games they worked on, mm. which is a little bit weird. Because I, I would assume that that would bring them a little bit more clout. They'd be like, oh, cool, they worked on this game that I liked. Mm-hmm. Now I'll back them because they're working on this new one. I, Yeah, I think it's a little odd. Mm, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The person who did it, I think, is at least the guy from the campaign, is Nicholas Laborde. Um and I'm, I'm looking at his website. I don't see any specific games listed. Oh, here we go. Games. Untitled, Close Order, Evangeline, Embrace the Void, um, Project Rose, a game about a lost dog. Oh, okay, that's this. Um, a first-person experience. Yeah, it just looks like it's a bunch of... Uh, oh, no. Okay, they're on... Yeah, they're on Steam. This one, Evangeline. It's got mixed reviews. Um, let's see, we've got, uh, some of his new one, Embrace the Void. Uh, you could just download it for free because it's on itch.io. Uh, I don't know, this is kind of weird. Yeah, they, they definitely have an indie feel to them. Um, I'd have to actually look them up to see if they're any good based on what I'm seeing right here. Uh, It seems like most of these are just mixed reviews kind of a thing. Um, which so maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe. Uh, well, one of the first reviews I read on this game called Evangeline from them is, "I'm confused. Is this a joke? I just played through this game and I honestly don't know what I just experienced." <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Yeah, so that's probably why they didn't say anything about the games they created. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Um I mean, granted It's just a joke. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird. It just looks like an open sim. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we're not talking about that game. Uh we're talking about uh Doggone. Uh it's kind of a shame cuz honestly, I think it's kind of cool. I think it could be something that if you're, you know, a lost dog and you're trying to find your way, it's interesting because you'd have certain puzzles to deal with that you obviously don't have, like, opposable thumbs, and you'd have to figure out how you would deal with stuff in the wilderness. Um, but, yeah, it is a little rough around the edges for $100,000. But, I mean, that's that's kind of the whole thing is, like, you know, with a Kickstarter, it's going to look like crap for the most part, if they're starting off new and asking for this money. So they probably have full intentions to reskin the entire thing. Uh, I'd be surprised if they asked for $100,000 and it still looked the way it does in these videos. Um, but, I mean, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but, like, you know, it's the same concept of, hey, these are going to start as prototypes and sometimes Kickstarters just seem better than others because people will start at different phases of completion in their projects. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily know if the art style would change much because I'm looking at Evangeline and its art style looks freakishly similar to Doggone. So I, I could see that them getting $100,000 would definitely increase their, like, ne it would increase their production budget right, exactly. um, for the game. So maybe the reason that Evangeline doesn't look that good is because they didn't have a lot of money for it. But it seems like this is an art style that they kind of like that's their wheelhouse mm. um and i'll be honest it's not my favorite but yeah i don't think that this game's ever gonna get backed i think a hundred thousand dollars is excessive honestly i i if i were them if i needed a hundred thousand dollars i probably would have put the goal lower and just put some awesome like stretch goals because as far as i see they don't actually have any stretch goals mm, no which i don't see any would make sense because they're asking for a hundred thousand dollars yeah well, what would the stretch goals look like <laughs> <laughs> yeah most most games a hundred thousand dollars is a stretch goal yeah well i mean they need the money gotta make that dog look nice Ah, speaking of looking nice, Helvetti. Let's talk about this guy. Uh, they are looking for just a normal amount of money, which is $20,181. They have $8,998 currently with 27 days left to go. I definitely think that this one I actually get back. It's kind of interesting. It's a uh, 2D action adventure game. Yeah, we already covered that stuff. It looks pretty good. Um, the only thing that I would be worried about while watching the gameplay is it seems like the gameplay might get a little bit repetitive mm -hmm. with your comp bows uh but it's really interesting i would actually uh i don't like the art style that much if i'm being honest but it looks really cool yeah. i'll say that yeah i i have to agree there's something about it that seems very i don't really know a good way to describe it other than it kind of feels like they the it kind of feels like the characters and the enemies on the game are not part of the game itself like they don't blend with the background very well and they kind of seem like cutouts that are moving around if that makes any sense at all um it just it it feels a little odd the way the art style works 
Um, but the combo system looks interesting and they seem to have different weapons based on the class that you're playing. So I'm sure there would be a lot of variability on that. I also, uh, looking at this, it says it's a roguelite um, and then the runs will change each time. So the bosses, the enemies, the, the maps that you're running through. So I don't know how long one of these runs would be and I think that would kind of make up for that uh, concern about the combos being, uh, at least the combat being kind of repetitive, is that it would be new and fresh because you would constantly be starting over and changing through different enemies, different areas and whatnot. So you'd get like a different appeal to it, so to speak. But um, I mean, I think the fact that they have three different playable classes that all have their different techniques, they're saying they have items in it that will change up, you know, uh, how you play in here. Uh, which will give a little bit more variability, although I'm not really seeing that much. Uh, I'm also not seeing the other characters rather than Yeah, the I was going to say, one. the only one you see is Divico, or whatever his name is. Yeah. Like, there, there's two others, Reynard and Namois, maybe? Nam- <sighs> Let's just call him Moisty Boy. <laughs> name Moist. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Moisty Boy. Moisty you don't boy. really see anything of them. Yeah, of, well. of their combat and it's like at the end of their trailer they have like I swear a solid five minutes of just gameplay nothing nothing else just gameplay mm-hmm. and it's only of the one character yeah and throughout this you don't see any of the other characters in any of the like the the gif animations of gameplay uh, there's some cool stuff of the way that he's traversing through there seems to be weird portals and like gliders that he's using for some reason um which is cool but yeah i'm not seeing any of the other characters and granted that's probably because you know this is a kickstarter they're saying hey we're gonna you know put this in later this is our prototype of playing with the so you know quote unquote like regular character or the standard um but it would have been nicer to see kind of how the others play to see is there a real difference between these different ones? Yeah, that would be really nice. I'd probably be a little bit more into it. It would probably seem a little bit more varied if I saw more than just this one character because it seems like a lot of his combos are fairly similar. Um, but this game looks cool. I, I like it. It actually, its art style reminds me of that game. I forget what it's called, but that one we talked about on God Bless the Crowd a long time ago where the girl could turn into a weasel. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> God, what was the name of that game? I don't remember. But yeah, it started with an A. It was like Alpha something. I swear. Yeah, it does. That art style is very similar. Um, but there is no weaseling around in this game that I know. Luckily, because the weasel thing was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Always such a hater. Oh, look at that! Ten dollars gets you not only the game, exclusive wallpaper but also your name in the credits because that's what nice people do. Wow. You give them 10 bucks, they give you their name. I mean, that's I guess. But you know, you don't get to play as a cute dog. That's true. That's very true. You get to play as like a hellish curse boy, which I think is way cooler than a dog. Suck it, Josh. Mm, not cool. Not cool. I'm wondering what their stretch goals are on here because I saw that they have somewhere is his stretch goal. So they they said they wouldn't reveal it until, uh, yeah, they're not going to reveal it until they hit their minimum goal. 
I guess that's a good way to do it. I, that's I just kind of interesting. Uh, entirely. <laughs> so I I saw this and I like I think it's interesting that they're trying to be like uh and I I guess one of the reasons why you would want to do this is because you would get those initial backers and then kind of push them to be like are there certain things you want more of that we can push for that you might want to extend your tier um, and your backing because you want to push more money for a stretch goal that we have. But at the same time, like not including those stretch goals means people only get to see the face value of it. There's no like, oh, this might come to the switch. I'm going to put money into it or I'm going to put a higher tier in because it has XYZ. And if like someone puts in money and then just like kind of forgets about it and doesn't care, then they're not going to go for that stretch goal that comes out later. Um, or someone might just take this as, at face value and see that there's no stretch goals right now and just be like, eh, this doesn't really have anything going for me. I don't care as much and not go for it. So I think there's pros and cons, but I think it's a negative. Um, not that I'm saying that this is going to affect them. I still think they'll probably make it because they're very early in and they're almost halfway there. Um, but I definitely feel like it's more of a negative than a positive to not show your stretch goals. Even if it was just to show a few of them and then say we have more later if we get closer to that. Um, but if they already have those stretch goals in mind, like why not show the first couple of them and be like, this is what we're thinking if we can get more money. Yeah, yeah. I guess I was going to say it's possible that they didn't want to because they didn't want to like overpromise, but in the end I mean they're going to overpromise later. Yeah, it's like, if if you got funded anyway and you release them, you'd kind of overpromise. Plus they already have the switch planned. Right. So I don't there's like I don't know, maybe they just don't have great stretch goals and they didn't want people to be like disappointed by that. Yeah, but I I I mean, if that's the case, I'd rather them just not put anything and just be like, this is it. Like, this is what you get. And then depending on the money that they get, they can then change it. Like, because these campaigns can change over time. Like Rogue Book was a good example of this. They had some really strange stretch goals when they first came out. Halfway through their campaign, they were like, so we've talked to a lot of people and we've, you know, done some polls and a lot of these don't make sense based on what our, you know, audience wants. And they changed it based on, okay, well, these are some of the things that people are interested in. So we're going to just totally change up our stretch goals to this. Yeah, that would be a good way to do it, I guess. This is kind of interesting. Like you said, it's it's odd to not have stretch goals immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, this game's definitely going to get funded, so I guess we'll see in a, like a week or two what exactly their stretch goals are going to be, if they're going to add like more playable characters. Uh, I would assume... I, I would know. Well, since it's a roguelike, I would assume it would be more of just like more unique characters to find more unique maps or bosses that you can encounter in the world. Um, and then maybe like additional worlds or something like that. I don't know if they would do different playable characters. If it seems like they clearly only have one at this point and would still need to work on the first two. Um, but it is a possibility. That is true. It is a possibility. So now I want to wind down this podcast as we move into the end of it uh, with our random question of the day. So today I want to ask, and this is uh, obviously not in the indie game space. This is a larger gaming topic generally. Uh, today I wanted to ask 
Big Josh boy, how That's he feels me. about the new kill streak in Call of Duty Modern Warfare that uh, is white phosphorus. It seems like people are having issues with this, mostly because white phosphorus is such it's uh, it's a terrible thing. It burns people alive essentially. It kind of just melts them mm-hmm. in a really creepy way. Um, and so we've seen like white phosphorus in video games before specifically people talk about spec ops the line has white phosphorus featured in it and it's pretty fucked up the way it is i'm not going to spoil anything but it's messed up um and there are also people like criticizing uh call of duty and everything because the the thing that they have said the reason that they're including things like white phosphorus or the in the inclusion of in world war ii concentration camps um was because they wanted to make something as close to what war would feel like as possible they wanted to accurately portray that and there has been pushback from people that were that are actually soldiers that like marines um that have said like no matter what you do you're not going to be able to realistically depict war because it's terrible right it it like watching your flame get blown apart is is fucked up uh when it comes to white phosphorus i'm gonna be honest i don't think it's that bad i think it's a terrible chemical in general i think it's excessively fucked up to use in general it's inhumane um and it seems like the earth has pretty much decided that um but (laughs) i like that that quick catch you did though you're like it's not that bad i mean hold up hold up (laughs) yeah i don't want that that to be taken out of context (laughs) people saying i don't think why phosphorus is bad um i think it's a terrible product in general but it being included in call of duty should not be a big deal especially because one a nuclear bomb i would say is pretty fucking bad and that has been included in call of duty as far as i know since its multiplayer killstreaks were included it was obviously something you had to work toward but people also have an issue with this being uh like a reward because you have to get a killstreak to get it nuclear bombs were also that so were dogs and Mm -hmm. i feel like people being torn apart by dogs is equally terrible so it's like i i don't understand why people are getting annoyed about this considering the horrific things that are already within these games yeah so it i i don't really know i don't understand it i mean is there more to it other than just like people don't like it and it's new that they're including like as far as I know, it's just that it's it's new and including it. To be fair, it has already existed within Call of Duty. Um, not the white phosphorus kill streak specifically, but white phosphorus it existed like as a grenade. Mm-hmm. You could use it to like blind people, and it would slowly damage them a little bit. I also think that an added layer to this is that it's very possible that. Uh, it's kind of a taboo thing right now, mm-hmm. especially because of what's happened in Syria. Right. And as far as I know with that, why phosphorus has been used against them. Yep. So that might also be an issue. Um, I mean, I guess so. But, like, that's the thing. So I'm I'm pretty much on the same side as you. Like, obviously, the whole concept of war and the concept of killing people is pretty shitty as is. Like, it's, it's not a good thing. It's not a good time. But it's in this context a video game like i don't think it makes much sense to draw the line of saying like 
you could shoot someone's brains out and you could throw a grenade at them and blow them up and you can have a plane drop missiles on them and you can run over them with a car and you can do all these other things but if you drop some gas on them that kind of melts them a bit like that's that's going too far like i I don't know that's not the line that makes sense for me in that sense of saying like oh this is where i stand morally i'm not going to allow this because like yeah it's recent in that sense of like the attacks but like so is shooting people should we stop that too like and granted you know maybe maybe we should but like i don't think you get to just draw the line at one specific um interaction in war and say like nope this can't be included like it just seems silly to me that there's a you know a a group of people who are against that specifically rather than just saying like all of it should be you know outlawed kind of a thing and granted they're never going to get that passed but like i would understand that argument of saying like games shouldn't be like this and they're too you know realistic and they're too violent and yada 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 like i get that from a perspective of someone might have those feelings but if you're okay with someone getting shot in the face and then at the same time saying well but this gas is not okay then you know i don't really buy that as much yeah, I definitely don't want to downplay what white phosphorus can do to people, but I do no, no, absolutely and I'm, yeah. agree. I'm not I'm that, not trying to say that either. I'm just trying to say yeah. like there's clearly terrible things all around in this concept. It's not just like that's completely out of it. Like you you know, at the end of the day you're killing someone. So granted, yeah, it sucks worse, but like I don't know. It, it just seems weird. Yeah, I I absolutely understand because at its at its base, this game is is based on uh, firing a projectile that tears through people's bodies, mm-hmm. just a tiny piece of metal that tears through people or stabbing them, like stuff like that. This these games, like games that are really violent, are I mean I I'm not judging them because of this, but they are inherently horrific. So being annoyed that they added an additional layer um, is a little odd. Mm -hmm. It kind of seems like people, like, one, rage culture is a thing. People are seem to be, like, they want to get mad about anything right now. But two, it (laughs) seems like people are excessively annoyed that Call of Duty, like this Call of Duty specifically, is trying to be more edgy. And Mm. it seems like they're just looking for stones to throw and white phosphorus was an easy stone to throw because it's so fucked up but i don't understand drawing the line just like i didn't understand in world war ii having an issue with showing like concentration camps it's a very quick like segment of the game and if anything i think it should have extended a lot longer in my opinion if Activision, if these developers real, they want to realistically depict war, these games should traumatize us because that's reality. That's <laughs> I mean, what war does. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> it's a weird thing to say, but like I kind of agree with that. If this is, if what they're going for is you know a depiction of a, a period in time, and you're trying to replicate that and show kind of what it was like, yeah, war <laughs> fucking sucks. Like that's just how it is it is a traumatic experience it's terrible there's things about it that obviously you just don't want to talk about but like it's the same kind of concept of like um you know if everyone can't talk about something then history will repeat itself and i don't want to say like oh call of duty should do this because it's a historical you know kind of context piece 
but like if that's what they're going for and they're not trying to be overly aggressive on like one side of you know saying like oh well this side is better or blah, blah blah but it's more of just like a historical hey we're being accurate with how this happened and this is you know the type of things you'll see in war especially in these different time periods whichever one that takes place for you know that version of call of duty then so be it like i I don't know i think it it makes sense to be more accurate than to just play around like oh well we just don't like this specific thing because it's you know socially hated (laughs) i don't know yeah it's it's yeah it's kind of a taboo topic yeah it 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 shouldn't not exist just because it's taboo because it actually exists in the real world. Right. And like, it doesn't make sense to, you know, there's, there's a reason why it's rated a certain way and that certain people of an age should not see it. But like, it also doesn't make sense to say like, this is such a bad thing that no one should know about it. Like people know about it. It's a thing that happens. It's not like you just get to say like, Oh, well I don't like that. So it shouldn't exist in this medium, even though it's a real thing. Yeah, and it, and it should be said that, if anything, I mean, it is very possible that this also might spread the word on how absolutely terrible this substance is. Like, yeah, the, that's, the fact that's a good that point. I, 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 yeah, the fact that I, a little dumb dumb that knows absolutely nothing about warfare or really the world in general, know what white phosphorus is and what it does specifically because of a video game, and I know that it's such a terrible product. It kind of speaks to to what I'm talking about mm-hmm. is that it's it's possible that if this is done in a certain way that this might actually spread the word on how fucked up this is yeah. which I think we're both trying to say that right now it's the like I don't know it, I definitely think war needs to be depicted in a different way in Call of Duty mm-hmm. um but I mean I don't think it'll ever happen because, like I said, in my opinion, these games need to traumatize us. So <laughs> nobody's going to buy a game that traumatizes them, with the exception of Spec Ops The Line. I still have issues with that game. <laughs> it's a fantastic <laughs> game, but, yeah, it'll make you want to die. Ugh, all right. Well, good. Uh, it's a great game. You should play it, though. Yeah, good recommendation. <laughs> what, a, what a review. 10 out of 10. <laughs> it's a fantastic game. Uh, that is where I'd like to end this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure, if you guys would like to talk to us outside the show, you follow us on Twitter, at IndiePod. You can uh, actually write in with your own random questions of the day. Uh, you can just chat with us on there. You can follow me, at Hyde Legion on Twitter. You can follow Josh, at the underscore George 90. We're always on there, always chatting, always excited to talk about stuff, especially how much I suck at video games. Ooh, I love Boom. that topic. Yeah, I'm really bad at him. Or the fact that I cursed Jason, which I'm not saying I did, but I also admitted to on Twitter. So it really doesn't matter if I say I didn't do it. So, so you definitely yes, did. Yes, I absolutely did it. And there are no refunds. Yes, that is correct. Jason will soon die of dysentery. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to feel so bad if he actually does. Dysentery is so fucked up. Yeah. You just poop yourself to death. Oh, my goodness. Why do we always end on these <laughs> terrible notes? I have no idea. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Oh, God. Bye, guys. (laughs)